Hello, ladies, and welcome to the final episode of the She Is Community podcast for the year 2022. It feels so weird to say that, but we did it. We are here. Now, if you haven't had the chance to listen to previous podcast episodes, I let you guys know that to finish out the year, we are going to be releasing previous messages from Pastor Kim. So this message is actually from our She Is conference that happened back in October, She Is Marked. Lady, this is an incredible message, so we are so excited for you to hear it. Enjoy. So ladies, can you give your best welcome to our conference host, Kim Nassim? I love it, y'all, too. Those of you who don't know me, yes, I am from Texas, and I say y'all, and I've been here almost nine years, and I don't think it's going away. So I still agree that it's better than yins. And from those of you who came from, like, my friends who came from New Mexico and um, Hawaii, and uh, I think we have some women here from Zimbabwe, like, um, wow, you came the furthest for sure. Um, Y'all don't know yins or, well, New Mexico knows y'all, but anyways, that's enough. I have my Kleenex because I probably will cry. Um, for, the, for my Summit family, um, you all know that this has just been a really tender um, past uh, three months for me. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, but for those of you who are new and new to getting to know me, just know that um, I, le- I teach from a place of transparency and don't tell you all of my stuff, but I don't know any way else to be than to teach from a place that I am also learning and I never want to teach from a place that I think I've accomplished it or have it all under control or have it all together. Um, There have been times I have done that, but today is not one of those days. And so, uh, I know that God wants to do something incredible, and I know that Steph already greeted our online audience, but I am super grateful that y'all have chosen uh, to join us, and again, share this stream on Facebook for you ladies. Uh, You can find it, share it, let your friends know about it. Tonight's free only, and then for those of you joining us on our Brush Fire platform, as well as our simulcast campus uh, in Bel Air, Maryland, so grateful for y'all. Patty, I can hear you laughing now and only her sister will totally understand that in the room. Um, (laughs) And then all of you local churches that are here in attendance here in person, I'm so grateful for you all. You're amazing. And um, I'm just, I never want this to just be about Summit Church. This is about the kingdom of God and about the kingdom of heaven and um, when we come together for one purpose. And for those of you who don't go to church anywhere, I'm so grateful you're here. And maybe this is your first time experiencing something like this and you're like, I really don't know what I came to tonight. Usually the things happening at the KCAC aren't like this. And, um, but I'm so grateful that you're here. And I pray that you feel seen and loved tonight. And I pray that you experience um, Jesus in a powerful way. Those of you who are only coming tonight, I want to encourage you, join us for the whole weekend. 
I've been saying it till I'm blue in the face, but I believe that God wants to do something among us this weekend that we've never seen yet before here at She Is and really in Indiana, PA. I believe that God wants to do something this weekend that we will talk about from years to come. And so if you can make it to any of the conference, get a ticket, join us. I did say I would not do one-day tickets, and then I always crumble and crush under your pressure. And so there are one-day tickets available if you would like to join us either Friday or Saturday. Um, But know that the whole weekend pass gets you online access as well. It gets you on-demand access to rewatch it for up to 60 days. So that's the way to go. But if you only want to buy the one-day pass, do that. Can I pray? Um, I'm going to do it anyways. Okay. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that as we open your word together tonight, that you are going to speak to each and every individual heart that is here in this room, that is gathering online, that's gathering in Bel Air Church in Maryland. You see each and every daughter, mom, sister, aunt, grandmother. You see, every single one of us that came, you know our name. You know how many hairs we have on our head. You know if we diet or not. You know everything about us, Lord, because you knit us together. You go so much deeper than that with us. You know exactly what we need that we don't even know that we need. I pray that you would meet us in that place this weekend. That you would meet us in the place that we need, that we don't even know that we need. Let us never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight is all about glorifying God. Tonight is all about setting expectation and preparing our hearts for what he wants to do all day tomorrow and Saturday. It's about opening our hearts to allow him to do, just like the song said, to do whatever he wants to. And we don't always like that because we like to be in control. I am one of those people. But I am at a place right now that I realize I have zero control. And so my only option is to let him do whatever he wants to do in my life. I do truly believe that God wants to mark you with his presence. He he is not a far off God. He is not a distant God. He is a, a a deeply intimate God, a deeply intimate father that wants to meet you right where you are at this weekend. But we have to leave some of the things behind us. We have to leave some of the things in the past. We have to leave the things that we have embraced. And we have to release them this weekend and step into a place of holy expectation. See, it's a totally different kind of expectation than our normal expectations. Like in real, ordinary, daily life, we don't like to get our hopes up because maybe they've been crushed too many times. 
But we can enter into a place with God where we have a holy expectation. And this is something that I have learned by one of my pastors, Jim Hennessy, and his lovely wife, who is also my pastor, Becky Hennessy, is with us here this weekend, and you'll hear from her tomorrow. But one thing I've learned from Pastor Jim is that you walk into a room with the presence of God, and you can expect him to move in your life. So we're going to step into this weekend, ladies, with a holy expectation. It is going to be one that changes your life forever. And Charles Spurgeon, who is a dead theologian, says, you don't always get what you want, but you always get what you expect. And that's in the supernatural. You don't always get what you want but you always get what you expect. See, expectancy isn't a feeling. Expectancy isn't a feeling. The kind of expectancy I'm talking about tonight is not a feeling. It is an expectancy of faith, of the things that we cannot see. See, so often we put our hopes and our expectations off of what we've experienced. You know, we say things like, well, this happened to me, and so this is going to continue happening to me, and this is just how God works, and I'm just going to quit asking him for things because it never works out for me. See, I understand what it's like to be in a place of feeling like you don't want to get your hopes up anymore. I understand what it's like to be in a place to feel disappointed and to have questions And maybe you're here tonight and you say, man, my life is good right now. I get it. I have been there. I've come to conferences like this and have been like, I'm not in a desperate place. I'm actually in a really good place right now. In fact, um, every year we go to a pastor's network um, that Pastor Jim and Becky put on for a small group of us pastors. And they make us sit around tables and share like a hard thing and a good thing. And sometimes Mel and I are the only ones at the table that are like, our life is good. We don't have any problems. And then there's other years that it's like, we are not good. I get it. But just like the song we sang earlier, Firm Foundation, Jesus is the foundation. Whether we feel like it or not, whether we feel like having an expectancy for him to move or not. See, this has been the hardest year of my life. Three months ago this weekend, and my summit family knows, but I know most of you that don't know me don't know this, and that's okay. But three months ago this weekend, I was in Texas. My dad was scheduled to have a surgery, and so my girls and I came in to spend some time with cousins and with family, and I was going to stay an extended time to, to help my mom with my dad if I needed to. So the night before his surgery, my daughters and I gathered around him and my mom and we laid hands on my dad and we prayed over him that he would recover and do well and and life would be good, that the surgery would be good. We prayed for the surgeon and every nurse and every hospital facet. And then the next morning, The surgeon came out and he said, the surgery went really well. You're going to see him in about an hour. And then an hour went by. Two hours went by. My mom, being a former ICU nurse, knew that something wasn't right. 
And then the surgeon came in with a very different look on his face. And he said, I'm so sorry, but he's not waking up. We've sent him back into surgery. We're going to do everything we can to save him. But unfortunately, my dad died from a massive brainstem stroke. I wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting to see my dad wake up. I was expecting to see him recover and, and be in no pain here on this earth. I was expecting to see him and, and talk with him again like we all were. My uncle, my dad's youngest brother, is a pastor and just full of faith. And he went into the hospital room and he declared over his body, Lazarus, arise, Jesus, bring him back to life. And I declared the same thing and he didn't. My mom and I drove home about 3 a.m. in the morning. Of course, she was married to my dad for 47 years. What does life look like now? And for those of you who have gone through loss, you understand what I'm talking about. But I turned on the song from Foundation because I knew that the only way we were going to get through this is by the grace of Jesus that he is our foundation when the whole world is shaking when nothing makes sense he stabilizes us he stabilizes us and it doesn't mean we don't have rocky moments or bad days that's certainly not the case but he brings us back into a stable moment so this this has been hard. It's been harder than I could have ever imagined. But then this weekend it got even harder. And I'm not going to go into that. It's deeply personal. But just know that it got really hard this weekend. And I text Tony Collier, who's joining us. I text Pastor Becky, and I said, can y'all preach for me Thursday night? Because I, I don't think I can do this. And of course, they were both willing to do whatever they needed to do. And then I really felt the Holy Spirit say, no, Kim, it's by my strength. This is not a surprise to me. And today, it got really hard again when my husband got a phone call that his, one of his very best friends died suddenly. And so today, my friend who pastors, they pastor in California, is a single mom with four little ones. And then navigating a church through the grief of their pastor. And I text Pastor Becky again, and I text several people and said, I don't know if I can do this tonight. But my sweet mom has moved here part of the year. She's now an Indiana resident partially. Texas will always be her home. But she looked at me and she said, you have to do this. And then I just felt the Lord strengthening me like only he can do. So just know I don't have it all together. 
I am very aware that I desperately need Jesus. I am desperately aware that when I get my hopes up and when I have expectations of him to move in certain ways, things happen that don't make sense like Tiffany said here on this earth, but, but it makes sense in the heavenlies. He's got it under control. See, what I know is at the beginning of the year, the Lord gave me the word, my word for the year. Um, I've told my summit family about this, but you know, I pray for a word at the beginning of every year, and usually it's like something really, you know, courageous, or, and this year it was eternal. I was like, who gets the word eternal? But it all makes sense now. And my eyes are not to be set on this earth, but they are to be set on the things that are eternal because this life goes away. Everything we build up on this earth goes away unless it's built for kingdom purposes. In less than a month, I'm scheduled to go uh, undergo back surgery myself for a lifetime of pain I've been dealing with. And I've... Again, I, I, I've, I've asked God to heal me. I've asked him to touch my back. I believe he can do it this weekend. I know Pastor Alex uh, Seely, who is going to be with us, she was healed of a tumor. I mean, I believe that God can heal. But again, if I base my expectations on how I'm feeling today, I would be questioned. I would be tempted to question the goodness of God today. If I looked at circumstances of my dad passing, of the thing that happened this weekend, of, of, of my friends suddenly dying today, I would look at the circumstances and I would base my feelings and I would say, God isn't good. But again, my foundation says, no, I've seen the goodness of God. I have felt the strength of God like never before in the last three months. I haven't been falling apart every day. He is my firm foundation, and that doesn't make sense. See, I would be tempted to believe that he's not a healer when I've lived with back pain most of my life, but I've witnessed him heal, y'all. I have, in my childhood, we had a family member whose blind eyes were opened, he can heal. See, so often I don't necessarily give up, but I just become complacent in what I believe God can do. We all have issues in our lives that sometimes seem hopeless. And a large part of what I do as a pastor and what my husband does as a pastor is lead people through grief and joy. And there's been, it feels like there's just been a lot of grief lately. People in our church lately have experienced excruciating circumstances, and I'm trying to navigate them through it and also walk through my own. But, but you may have walked in here today with financial and financial desperation. You may have walked in here today with addiction that you feel like you'll never be free from. You may have walked in here today thinking if the women in this room only knew my past, they would tell me to leave. I used to feel that way. Maybe you've walked in here with a health diagnosis today or a relationship that is strained or a loved one that has walked away from their faith or maybe you battle anger or anxiety or loneliness or maybe you've lost a child. 
But I want to take a look at two daughters today in Mark chapter 5. And so I want you to open up to Mark chapter 5. If you have your Bible or your Bible on your phone, um, I want you to pull up Mark chapter 5, 21 through 43. See, just to give you some context, Jesus was going around and he was doing miracles and healing people. And prior to the two miracles that I'm going to discuss was he had just set free a man who was demon-possessed. And it said he had legions of demons, thousands of demons this man had. He was in so much torment that nothing and no one could help but Jesus. And then we pick it up and Mark 5 verse 21 and I'm going to read all of this so you bear with me it says Jesus got into the boat again and he went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore then a leader in the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived and when he saw Jesus he fell at his feet pleading fervently with him my little daughter is dying he said please come and lay your hands on her heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. And Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And I believe that God is going to tell some of you this weekend, your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. And then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and he asked, why is all this commotion and weeping? This child is not dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying, holding her hand, and he said to her, Talitha kumai, which means, little girl, get up. I believe that God is going to speak to you in the room this weekend and to me and say, Talitha kumai, little girl, it's time to get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. 
They were overwhelmed and totally amazed, and Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. See, both of these people in this story, this father, whose 12-year-old little girl is dying, is in a desperate situation for Jesus to touch her. This woman who had suffered, who had spent every penny she had on a cure, was desperate for Jesus to touch her. And in the world's eyes, these situations seem hopeless, right? How often have you had a friend with a chronic condition that you're just like, ah, they're complaining again. I guess we get complacent, right? We lose hope for our people. We lose hope for ourselves. And and this is the situation these people were in. They're completely desperate until they meet the one, the healer. See, and Jesus is so compassionate and ministering to both of their needs. And he sees every single one of you this weekend. You think that you're a bother. You think that you've come to him so many times with your issues. And you think that you're bugging him. And he's getting annoyed with you because other people are. But Jesus is a compassionate Savior. He's a compassionate healer. He does not get annoyed with your pleading. He does not get annoyed with your asking. See, Jairus' daughter, her dad was a Jewish synagogue leader. He didn't even believe Jesus was the Messiah, but he was desperate and thought, if this man is who they say he is, my girl is dying, I'm going to go to him. This woman bleeding for 12 years, this woman had been bleeding for as long as this little girl had been alive. She was unclean. Leviticus 15 talks about how they would have to be put out and separated from their family. They were ostracized. She was ostracized. She had no one. She was alone. She didn't have community. She suffered alone. She didn't enter church buildings to get prayed for. She spent everything that she had. She was completely broke trying to find a solution. She tried every treatment, doctor, medication, herbal remedy. And I believe that there are some of you in the room this weekend that you have tried everything. And maybe it's not physical, but you've tried everything to fix your emotional desperation. You've tried everything to fix your relationships and the situations around you. See, this one thing this woman was, she was persistent. (laughs) For 12 years, she kept on trying. See, I think I probably would be tempted to be like, oh, Jesus is going to be here. I've heard he's done miracles, but there's going to be a lot of people there. I'm never going to get to him. I don't really like crowds. This woman was desperate. See, we get comfortable in our mess. We get comfortable and we say things like, it's always going to be this way. It's just a part of who I am. It's how God wired me. This is just my personality. Or I've failed too many times. I might as well give up. Why would I even try? And maybe you have people speaking that over you. You're never going to be better than you currently are. You're never going to get free. Oh, this Jesus thing that you're trying? Good luck. 
Nothing is ever going to change, so we give up. But see, this is where we have to shift into an eternal perspective and realize that we have to step into holy expectation that Jesus is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. And I know that because he's done it for me. I know it because he set me free from shame. I know it because he's healed the innermost parts of my being in so many ways. He's healed my, my mind. He's, he, he's stabilized me through all of these losses. He's given me wisdom. See, James 1, 2 says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for at once he has been approved. He will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. See, our mission on this earth isn't to have this rosy, beautiful life that the American dream tells us that we are supposed to have. It's okay to have the rosy, pretty life. But I have to ask, do you really? Is it really all roses? Is it really all perfect? Because I know we live in a broken world. We live and Jesus says in this world you may have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world and here is where we can step into holy expectation lady is Jesus wins. No matter what your circumstances are he wins. He's victorious and we may not see that here on this earth but we will see it in eternity someday and so it says blessed is a man or woman who perseveres under trial we push through we trust him we make him our firm foundation and when we get to heaven we're going to receive a crown of life we're going to receive all of the promises that are yes and amen Romans 12 12 says rejoice in our confident hope be patient in trouble and keep on praying but so often if you're anything like the me we're like okay I'm gonna be patient in trouble yes I'm gonna keep on praying all the time and I'm super spiritual and then we drown in our sorrows right we get complacent we forget to pray but this woman, she heard that Jesus was in town. She knew this could be her miracle. She knew that if she could simply just touch the hem, the very edge of his garment, that she could be healed. See, she didn't need to squeeze him. She didn't need him to slather her in oil. She didn't need him to, like, give her a big hug. She just knew if she was in his presence, she could be healed. She didn't need to beg him. See, she took a risk because touching someone with her issues would make that other person unclean, but she was desperate to reach the healer and realize that Jesus makes us clean instead. Who touched me, he says. Disciples thought he was insane because he had a lot of people pressing up against him. They thought he lost his mind. Like, Jesus, seriously? All these people around you who touched you? Jairus, remember, Jesus was on a mission to go heal Jairus' daughter, and all of a sudden, Jesus stops and is worried about who touched him. And I'm sure Jairus is like, you're worried about who touched you, Jesus? 5,000 people have touched you today. But my daughter's dying. Can we get on with it? Can we go? 
That's how I would be if I was a parent in this situation. Can we keep moving, Jesus? And this woman came trembling in fear, but courageously tells him the whole truth. Truth silenced her fear, and Jesus honored her fragile faith. See, he wanted her to acknowledge her healing for herself, but also for the crowds that surrounded him. He wanted the glory. He wanted other people to say, the healer is in this place. The same healer who is touching this woman and is healing this woman can heal you too. And he called her daughter. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over the woman who was alone, who was ostracized from her family, who had no friends. On his way to heal Jairus' dying daughter, he stopped to heal and care for one of his own daughters. The word heal here means sozo. It's, it means saved, healed, whole, delivered, rescued, safe and sound, restored. See, we see this word when he healed the demoniac. He is the Jesus who sozo. He heals. He saves. He makes us whole. He delivers us. He rescues us. He makes us safe. And he restores us. God isn't just interested in answering your prayers, but doing something within you. See, that day she was called daughter. And some of you in this room feel like you don't belong. You feel like you're ostracized. And maybe you came with people, but you still don't feel seen. And he calls you daughter. My dad always called me daughter. Hey, daughter. So I realized after he died that I came home and I said to Emma, I was like, hey, daughter. And I've never, ever said that. And now I catch, is there something about saying daughter? Jesus calls you daughter. See, we need to rehearse what God has done for you, but also for others. See, someone, sometimes someone else's miracles on the other side of ours. Revelation 12, 11 tells us, we have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Every single one of us are this woman, have been this woman. We have all experienced times of hemorrhaging in our lives that we just feel like we can't get it to stop. We can't get all of the things that we're walking through where the thoughts or the pain to stop. We have all walked through things that we have tried to stop in our own power. We have tried remedies. We have tried other things in the supernatural realm. We have tried it all but we have given up pressing into Jesus. The only thing that we need to fear this weekend, ladies, and hear me, I believe this, the only thing that we need to fear is that we will let Jesus pass by without reaching out to him. See, you can come to a conference like this and you can sit in a seat and you'll say, this is good and all, but this isn't for me. I'm afraid you're gonna let Jesus pass you by. 
See, I know there are women serving at this conference this year that gave their lives to Jesus last year that, that maybe don't have their life all together but have experienced his grace and his mercy and they will tell you, don't let him pass you by. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for decades. But God wants to do something new in you this weekend. He wants to revive your faith. Maybe you don't follow him at all. I'm so glad that you're here. He wants you to experience him in such a real and tangible way because he is not a distant God. See, in the middle of this conversation with this woman, people come up to Jairus and they say, I'm so sorry, your daughter's dead. Don't, don't, bother, the, don't bother the healer anymore. Don't bother Jesus and Jesus responds, and he says, don't fear, believe. He says, I just took care of this 12-year-old problem. I can come and take care of your 12-year-old problem too. And Jairus, in that moment, could have listened to the crowd. He could have listened to his friends that said, don't bother him anymore. Your daughter's gone. But he didn't. He didn't. He had to choose faith over fear. And what I love about this picture is Jesus takes only his inner circle with him into this house. Because he knew the crowds weren't for. He knew the crowds were going to be saying things and having unbelief. So he takes his people with him. And the professional mourners that are hired to do this job of weeping and wailing begin laughing at Jesus when he says to them, she's only asleep, so I love this. He put them out. <laughs> he said, you've got to go. And I believe that God is going to say to you this weekend, who do you need to put out of your life that is holding you back from everything God has for you? What things do you need to put out of your life that are holding you back? Jesus takes this little girl by the hand. And in Numbers 5, it, it says, touching a dead person defiles a living person. But Jesus took her by the hand, and he says, Talitha kumai, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And I kind of feel like it's what my mom did for me today. I kind of feel like she said, get up. The Lord is with you. You've got to do this. The little girl gets up, and he tells them to tell no one, and then he tells them to go get her something to eat, which I love because you don't feed dead people. What is dead in your life this weekend that needs a resurrection? Maybe your dreams. Maybe a relationship restore. Maybe it's just hope in general. Maybe you have just settled in the place where is God really good? Can he do what he says he can do? Is he really a foundation? Can he really stabilize my life in the midst of storms? What is dead in your life that needs reignited again? 
See, as we see in these two stories, Jesus has the power to restore any situation. And scripture tells us that he cannot lie and he never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we believe if he was a healer then, if he was a redeemer then, if he was a savior then, he is a redeemer now. He is a savior now. He is a healer now. And so many times, maybe we don't see our circumstances change around us, but we feel this rising on the inside. And that is something only that the Holy Spirit can do. That's something only Jesus can do. I know many of you heard from Nisha last year, and she's sitting here today with Pastor Becky Hennessy. This is a woman who hasn't, has her bad days. But she walked through losing her son and her husband within a matter of years. She knows what it means to have Christ as your firm foundation. So maybe the miracle today isn't outward, but maybe it's inward. See, there's no situation that's too big for him. There's no pain so deep that he cannot heal it. There's no sin too great. Ladies, there's no sin too great. Some of y'all need to hear this. There's no sin too great that has been done to you or that you have done. There is no sin too great that he cannot redeem. There is no one that is too lost that he cannot save. There is no addiction too strong that he cannot break. There is no emotion that is so destructive that he can't set us free from. Our job is to surrender. Our job is to Get our holy expectations up that he's going to move in our lives and he's going to move in our friends' lives and he's going to move in our campuses and he's going to move in our churches and he's going to move in our cities. And so maybe you say, like I have thought before, but Kim, what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? Well, then we go to Daniel 3, 16 through 18, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were being sent to a fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down and wouldn't do the things Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to do. And, and they said to him, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are flown, thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us, and he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, Now we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. See, some of you in this room today have settled for a lesser God because you've gotten your hopes up so much with God that you think, well, he didn't do this, this, and this for me. And so he must not be good, but we have to take on this holy expectation that even if he doesn't, he is God and he is worthy of our praise and he can stabilize us and give us everything that we need. And so my picture this weekend as I have prayed over this weekend is imagining a room full of women and girls of all ages, of all generations, of all ethnicities, that we are going to choose faith over fear today. 
that we are going to decide, that we are going to persevere in the toughest of situations, but we're not going to do it alone anymore. We are going to surrender our control to Jesus, and we are going to allow him to move in our lives and give him exactly what we need. See, I imagine a room full of women who will decide not to give up, and you will make your way through the crowds this weekend, that you won't get overwhelmed, and you'll decide, I'm going to be there no matter what, because I am going to go in for all that God has for me this weekend. I don't care if my friend thinks it's not cool. I don't care if they think it's weird that I'm raising my hands. I don't care if they think that I'm weird for going down to worship or coming down to pray with a prayer partner. I'm going to get what I came for. I'm going to reach the Messiah. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment, and I will be healed. See, what is it today for you that you need Jesus to heal? Again, it may not be physical, but what is, maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's offense. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's hopelessness. What is it today that you need him to heal? What is it today that you need him to resurrect? What area of your life today do you need to choose faith over fear? And what do you need to get your hopes up with him about today? We're going to come into this space every moment this weekend with a holy expectation that God is alive He is real, and he wants to meet us in this room. We're going to come into this space and believe that we are going to see him do what only he can do. But where I believe that we are supposed to start tonight is simply sit in it for a minute. I think some of you just need to acknowledge that you actually even need him. I think some of you just need to sit in it tonight and say, I have been wearing a mask that the outside people outside of my house don't see, but on my inside, the inside people do. And I need to take that mask off before Jesus. I need to surrender it to him tonight. See, I don't have words. I don't have words to say to my friend today, and that's exactly what I text Roshana. I don't, I don't have the words. But I do know but Jesus, but God. He meets us in the most desperate of places. I'd love for everyone in this room just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I would love for you just to sit in the moment and say, how do I need Jesus this weekend? What do I need him to do for me? Because even if your life is really great right now, and I am cheering you on, there's joy. (laughs) But we never arrive. So what is it that you 
need him to do for you this weekend? What is it that maybe you know he's asking from you this weekend? I believe for some of you, it's, it is surrender. It's maybe surrendering to Jesus for the very first time and acknowledging that you need him as a savior. He is the only one that can forgive sin. He is the only one that can redeem our past. No one else can do that. He died on the cross. He, he endured an excruciating death on your behalf with joy set before him. It says he endured the cross. He took the brunt of our punishment on his shoulders. And then he rose again and is seated right next to our Father. His longing is to call you daughter and to invite you in to wholeness and forgiveness. And so maybe that's you this weekend. Maybe it's you acknowledging you need a savior, that you cannot be it anymore. And I honestly can't really see you. So I'm gonna ask from the help of our staff and a prayer team. But listen, if, if that's you tonight, if you just say, I know that I need a savior. I know I need Jesus just to meet me and I need to surrender my life to him tonight. Would you just raise your hand? And I would love to pray for you. I see you, yeah. I do see you on the floor. You can put your hands down. most important part is Jesus sees every hand. He knows what you're saying. And so I just want everyone in the room right now to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I need you. I need a savior. I believe that you died for me. I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sin. Make me whole. I choose to follow you all of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's our culture at Summit to celebrate when someone gives their life to Jesus. Can you all just give a round of applause because it actually says in scripture that all of heaven erupts when one person gives their lives to Jesus. So if you made that decision today, community is so important. It's not a cakewalk being a Christian. And so we want to partner with you. If you did not come um, with someone who um, goes to church or, or maybe you're not a part of a local church, um, I would love for you to text, regardless, I would love for you to text the word she is to the number 94,000 and let us know about your decision today. And if you, you do attend another church, it, it lets you give that option. But we want to encourage you. Um, we want to resource you. We want to give you the tools that you need or get you plugged into a local godly community. I'm so proud of you. Right now, I want to invite our prayer team forward. And they're gonna be here. We're gonna sing a few songs. And, and like I said, I think this first song, you can respond however you want to, but I, I really feel like maybe you just need to sit in it for a moment. This was a song that I heard by Anna Golden. Um, heard her sing live back in May in an event I was at. And um, at the time, one of 
my dear friends, her family was just absolutely being ripped apart and my life was pretty good then. The song um, meant a lot to me for her, but then it's meant a lot to me now for me. And so I want to encourage you just to sit in this moment, listen to this song. If at any point you want to come forward for prayer, our prayer team is here to agree in prayer with you for your need. It says where two or three are gathered in his name, it will be done. And then we're gonna continue in worship and I want you to worship and I want you, to, again, this is deeply personal, but as a collective, we all need to acknowledge that we need Jesus and we're gonna get our expectations up for the remainder of this weekend. Let me just pray over you. Jesus, I thank you for these women. I thank you for these girls who have come here tonight. Jesus, I thank you that you know exactly what they need. Again, you know what we need that we don't even realize we need. I pray as we take our burdens to you tonight, Lord, as we take our needs to you, Jesus, that you will do what only you can do in our midst. We give you all the honor and the glory and all of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the She Is Community podcast. And thank you so much for listening throughout this year. I know we have thoroughly enjoyed being able to sit down and have conversations about ways that we are growing in our relationship with God, the things that God is teaching us. And we really hope that you enjoyed being part of those conversations too. Ladies, I'm not sure what your year looked like. What did 2022 look like for you? But what I want to encourage you to do is to sit down and be still and talk with God about his faithfulness and ask him to remind you of the ways that you've seen his faithfulness. I want to share with you Psalms 119 verse 90, and it says this, your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. So ladies, what I want to remind you of is that no matter what your year looked like, God's faithfulness is true. It's not just for the people that came before you, and it's not just for the people that will come after you. It is for you. So maybe that means sitting down and taking time to write a list of the ways that you've seen God's faithfulness this year. Maybe it means just sitting and talking with him about his faithfulness. Because no matter what season we're in, in the highs and the lows, in the mountains and in the valleys, God is with you. He sees you and he knows you, and his faithfulness is for you. Ladies, again, thank you so, so much for listening. We are so excited to bring you new episodes in the new year. So be sure to subscribe anywhere that you can listen to podcasts so that you know when we release new episodes. Have a happy, happy new year.